Here we go. As all day, now some rushers come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Growing up, I had a really good buddy. Go to his house a lot. We'd hang out a lot. Played music. So we would, you know, be in little bands together. We'd have we'd have a good time. And this buddy's dad was uh, a doctor of some kind, right? Worked in a hospital in the Twin Cities. Would drive over to Minneapolis or St. Paul or Stillwater or wherever it was, right? And he worked this schedule that was like 10 on, 10 off or 12 on, 12 on, something like that, right? Where for two, two straight weeks, he'd do nothing but work. Practically lived at work. But then once that was done, he'd basically have a vacation. He'd be off for two weeks. And that always appealed to me. You know, as someone who works a a semi-traditional nine to five here. You know, I do some odd hours occasionally and I watch games and I go home, but I'm in the office nine to five. I'm home every night to see my wife and kids. It's a joke. I don't have, I don't have wife and kids. It, it was always very interesting to me. The, the work schedule of like 10 on, 10 off, 12 on, 12 off. It's kind of how our sports schedule is like this time of year. Now that football is done and we're living with Badgers basketball and the Milwaukee Bucks, it's kind of like on, off. We're either all in or all out. Like tonight, both the Badgers play and the Bucks play. Two huge games. Bucks Celtics and Badgers Michigan. Right? And Michigan, so do the Badgers right now, but this game has a little extra, little extra on the line. There's a little personal side to this game, and we'll get into that. Two very important matchups. I'm going to have to do two screens tonight. I'm going to have to be all in. And then after the games are done, I'm probably going to go on Twitter and fight anyone or everyone that I can find. I'm probably going to jump in Twitter spaces. I, tonight, I'm all in. But then tomorrow night, you know, I might be all out. I'm working this on-off schedule. I feel like a doctor. This is great. Now, I don't make the money that a doctor makes, but, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to see a doctor that's more fulfilled by their job than I am. Nah, I won't have I won't find that. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had a great day. And happy Valentine's Day. Man, I have so many Valentines that I wish I could give out to listeners today. I'm going to have to give Dave and Monona a big over-the-phone Valentine if we're able to hear from him today. Love you, Dave. Hugs and kisses. XOXO to Dave. So I hope you're having a very romantic, fulfilling Valentine's Day. And maybe you have Valentine's plans tonight with your with your significant other. Maybe you're going out to dinner. Uh, maybe you're going to go uh, couples massages. That's all the rage right now. Talk to a lot of friends. Wow, we're getting a couples massage. Okay. I don't know that I'd want to get massaged by myself let alone with someone else in the room. That'd be weird. I don't like the idea of massages, people touching them. That's not my thing. But if it's your thing, hey, go off tonight. Okay, go have that romantic dinner. Go get that couple's massage. Don't worry. I'll be home alone grinding these games, watching the Bucks and the Celtics and watching Wisconsin, Michigan. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. We're going to get there in a little bit, talk about the basketball games that are played tonight. Maybe 4.35 o'clock, we'll get into that. I have some Packers things I want to discuss and some Super Bowl things I want to talk about. As well, 608-796-2558. We also got Kenny and Heilprin coming up at 6 o'clock. So if you need an extra Badger preview, more Badger content, Zach and Ben will have it for you at 6 o'clock. I'm pretty sure Ben's just excited to to work on a show where he's not going to be uh, asked about his Eagles. 
He had a really hard time in the 9 o'clock hour of over the line this morning because Ben was off yesterday. He got back today, and callers were giving it to him, which I don't, I don't really know why we're doing that, but I guess whatever. That's Sports Talk Radio, so Ben and Zach will give their, their Badgers takes tonight. Kenny and Heilprin starting at 6. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text the show. I'd love to have you at any point between now and 6 o'clock. Twitter, at Wisco Grant as well if you want to be a part of the show on Twitter or when we're watching games later tonight, if you want to fight about one thing or another, I'd love to go at it on Twitter. You can find me at Wisco Grant. We talked about the Super Bowl yesterday. We didn't get into Rihanna. We didn't talk about the halftime show. We didn't really talk about the refs a little bit with Mike Clemens, but it wasn't really a focal point of any of the calls or texts or discussions that we had. We didn't really talk about Rogers too much. He came up here and there, but it was a pretty nice show yesterday. We basically just talked about the Super Bowl. Right? We didn't get into the weeds on the future of the Packers and the failures of the Packers the last 10 years. Very enjoyable show. It was great. It was such a nice little vacation for two hours last night. Now I think, unfortunately, the vacation is over. Rodgers went on McAfee today. We got to get back to our Wisconsin reality. I want to start the show tonight with a tweet that I saw yesterday. It got me going. It's from Zach Cruz, who is managing editor uh, and writer for at the Packers Wire, regional editor, NFL Wires of USA Today, SMG. Not sure what that means. I'm pretty sure Zach is from my hometown. He won't follow me back on Twitter, though. I feel like I'm owed to follow back, given that we're both from the same place. I that's a, that's a personal thing. That has nothing to do with the tweet. The tweet says this. Gotta admit, it's tough seeing an all-time great quarterback win two Super Bowls in five years when Favre and Rodgers have two total in almost a quarter century. Winning the Super Bowl is hard. And two is so much better than one and still light years away from zero. But it's still tough. Zach tweeted this yesterday at 1016 in the morning. Now, this tweet is very accurate. I don't have a problem with with the content of this tweet, really, with the wording. It's all good. I only have one problem with this tweet. I only have one problem with this take. Hello? Where you? Where you been? This is coming out now? This type of discourse has been so overdone because it started two years ago, three years ago, right? We've had this conversation. We talked about this after the Bucs game. It's like, man, that was probably their best chance. They hosted an NFC championship game. Tom Brady gave him three picks. If it's not happening now, it's probably not going to happen. And we have to face the reality of Aaron Rodgers only making one Super Bowl after Brett Favre won one Super Bowl, made a second, but left some meat on the bone, we all think. This discourse is overdone because we started it two or three years ago. We really laid it on hot and heavy after they blew it to the San Francisco 49ers a year and a half ago now or two years ago in the playoffs. In January, it would have been a a full year ago now. Excuse me, last January. Yeah. We were talking about it then. Oh, my God, all these years with Aaron Rodgers, and they're just tripping up in the playoffs because of special teams, because of this, that, the other thing. We've had this conversation. We've done this conversation. The Packers blew it. Okay, And if you're only starting to realize this today, after the Chiefs won their second, if it took the Chiefs winning on Sunday for you to think, oh, it's it's kind of a bummer how the Packers never got back. If it took you this long to realize that, I, I, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So when I read this tweet from Zach Cruz, I was like, oh, yeah, it is tough seeing other teams win Super Bowls. Imagine that. We've been saying it for 10 years, but I'm glad that, you know, Cheesehead Nation bleed green and gold 
everything is cupcakes and butterflies and it's just fun to make the playoffs. I'm glad that that crowd is finally joining us over here in reality town. It's nice where winning playoff games means something and ultimately trying to get to another Super Bowl is the goal. It's title town. That's the name, right? Forget the Chiefs. Forget the Patriots of the last 20 years. Forget every other team in the NFL. Packers fans. I want you to forget about every other team. Our team, the Packers, is the only team that matters right now for the point of this conversation. Pretend you're Aaron Rodgers, step into a darkness retreat, and the only light in the darkness retreat are the Green Bay Packers. Forget about every other team. Stop comparing for a sec. Think of every Packers team post-1998. Post the first Super Bowl. Since Favre won that first Super Bowl, think of every season since then. One Super Bowl berth with Favre? One Super Bowl berth with Rodgers? That's it? The NFC North was never really that great. It's not like there was another all-time great quarterback in the NFC North in the division. One Super Bowl berth for Favre, Super Bowl for Rodgers. That's, that's a failure. But, but you know, there are some teams in the NFL that would kill for that. Nope. Stop it. Nope. We're done. Nope. Don't bring up other teams. I don't want to hear about other teams. Well, you know, there's only one Patriots, and they warped it. No. Stop it. I don't care about the Patriots. I don't want to hear about the Patriots. The Packers underperformed with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And this has been very obvious. And if you only realized that Sunday night because the Chiefs won a second Super Bowl, if it hadn't occurred to you that maybe the Packers had wasted some time, I don't know, over the last 30 years, and it only occurred to you, that only that only stuck in your head because the Chiefs won a second, and you're like, oh. You can win a second Super Bowl. Maybe the Packers have been dragging ass a little bit. You think? <laughs> you think? Hello? Are you new here? Did you just log into Packers fandom? Did you just check in after taking the last decade off? I saw this tweet. Again, it's not wrong. I'll read it one more time. Zach tweeted, I got to admit, it's tough seeing an all-time great quarterback win two Super Bowls in five years when Favre and Rodgers have two in almost a quarter century. I'm not pooping on this tweet. My point is, it shouldn't have taken another quarterback winning two Super Bowls for you to realize that maybe the Packers could have done a little better job. Maybe they could have handled things a little bit better. Maybe they could have handled their coordinators better. Maybe they could handle their drafts better. Maybe they could have, I don't know, done anything in free agency over the last 20 years before Brian Gutekinds took over. Hello. It's like the light went on with Packers fans. Wait, Mahomes won a second? Can you can you do that? Is that allowed? Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it is. Thank you for joining the rest of us in reality town over here where banners hang forever and playoff losses don't mean anything. Well, it was fun to make the playoff. Really? Was it? Because I was pretty miserable after all those playoff losses. I, I wasn't reflecting back and thinking, well, what a fun ride. No, I don't care. I don't care about a fun ride. Get out of here with that. I just wanted to say that to start the show because it seemed like the light went on with some Packers fans on Sunday night. Oh, oh, oh no, well, Mahomes winning a second one. That's kind of tough. Yeah, it is. So I wanted to mention that to start the show. Now, getting back to the actual Super Bowl on Sunday and talk about Mahomes and Andy Reid and Brett Veach and the Chiefs. All right, let's shift to this. We talked yesterday about how Mahomes did the near impossible, or he did something that has appeared to be nearly impossible over the last 10 years. Patrick Mahomes accounts for 70% of the salary cap. And I don't remember 
the time window, but it's been a long time. I was listening to Eric Eager on his Sumer Sports podcast earlier today. The number threshold that he used was 13%, where we've never seen a quarterback win while making more than 13% of the salary cap. Right, Mahomes accounts for 17% of the salary cap or accounted for 17% this last year. I don't know what the number's going to look like next year. So Patrick Mahomes is making this big chunk of money. He lost his number one receiver in Tyreek Hill. And the Chiefs are starting more rookies than any team in the NFL, not the Houston Texans, not the Chicago Bears, and not the Seattle Seahawks. They had more snaps from rookies than the entire NFL other than those three teams who own the first pick, the second pick, and then the Seattle Seahawks have all this talent. They had extra picks from the Russell Wilson trade, so that's kind of why you know, they played a lot of rookies, and their rookies were really good. Kansas City, as a contender, was far and away younger, far and away more inexperienced than any other team that was looking to contend. They lost Hill. They got Mahomes making all this money. They're playing rookies, and Mahomes overcame it. He overcame it against a really good team. He overcame it in a really competitive Super Bowl. He overcame it in a really competitive AFC where he had to bust up his ankle and duke it out with Trevor Lawrence, who's brilliant, and then beat Joe Burrow at home, who's unbelievable, and that that Bengals team's unbelievable, and then do it again in the Super Bowl against an Eagles team that pound for pound was as good as any team we've seen recently, and Jalen Hurts played one of the finest Super Bowl games I've ever seen a quarterback play, and Mahomes got it done. He overcame all of that, and yeah, I know his team got a defensive score, and Andy Reid's really good, and Travis Kelsey's good, but still... A quarterback in Mahomes' position has to be nearly perfect, right? We talked about this yesterday. Can't make any mistakes. Got to basically get touchdowns on every possession. Anytime your defense gets a stop, you got to work with it. You got to turn it into something. You can't waste a defensive stop. Because if you're making all that money and playing all the rookies, you might not get a lot of defensive stops. Might not have a lot of opportunities. And on yesterday's show, Aaron Rodgers came up as a comp. Right, And I think Vagabond John really got into it just after 5 o'clock if you were listening around 5.15 yesterday. Vagabond John pretty directly addressed Rodgers and said, look, Aaron Rodgers has had chances to do what Patrick Mahomes did yesterday. A little bit lesser roster, right? make it a little bit more money, not, not as good as the other team because the other team's built around a cheaper quarterback. Couldn't do it, right? Couldn't get it done. It's not just a Rodgers thing, though. Over the last 10 or 20 years, we've seen plenty of quarterbacks fail to do this. Peyton Manning... Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. It's nearly impossible, right? And it's not just a Packers thing. It's not just a Ted Thompson thing. It's not just a Brian Gutekind's thing. The Saints made missteps. Packers made missteps. Colts made missteps and, and couldn't get a good defense around Peyton Manning for the longest time. It's not just a quarterback thing. It's an organizational thing. The organizational margin for error is tiny when you're paying a quarterback a nice chunk of change, like Patrick Mahomes is being paid or Aaron Rodgers being paid. It's an organizational thing. It takes an organization. It takes a coach. It takes a quarterback. The Chiefs appear to be that team. Andy Reid appears to be that coach. And Patrick Mahomes is proving to be him. Right? And the Packers just couldn't cut the mustard in a couple of these scenarios. I have some scenarios where the Packers really need to hit a draft pick. Or they really need to find a replacement for a certain player in free agency. And they got to do it and they couldn't do it. Right? They missed on a pick and it killed them. Right? Or they let a guy walk and they didn't have somebody to replace him or they had one injury and they couldn't deal with it. I went back and I got some examples from the last 10 years. And then I found examples where the Chiefs needed to hit a draft pick, needed to hit a signing, and they did. Right, So I want to compare and contrast just a little bit. We'll do that coming up next. Let's take a three-minute break. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. Tonight, it's the Kenny and Heilprin pregame show. Getting you ready for Wisconsin-Michigan coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll talk Badgers-Wolverines as well. We need to bring up the beef that Hunter Dickinson started a couple of weeks back. We'll also preview Bucks celtics Air quotes around preview because a lot of guys were sitting. I have a little rant on that. Got very frustrated in the last 24 hours. Let's see. Here's a tweet or a text, rather. 608-796-2558. Says Grant, your point is not real. Nobody doesn't know that the Packers should have had more. It literally did not just occur to one single Packers fan. You're trying to create content and make a point that does not exist. Bemoaning it on some tweet doesn't mean every anyone just realized it after the Super Bowl. No, oh, I didn't know that you could read the mind of every single Packer fan in the world. But I appreciate you. Thank you for the text. I do think my frustration is more not just the Packers fans who were born yesterday, as it sometimes seems. I think my frustration is Packers fans that have, like, sunshined and rainbowed everything. It's like, well, yes, winning Super Bowls is hard. I don't know. Some teams make it look not easy, but some teams make it look a little bit easier than the Packers have made it look. Of course, it's not easy, but as I said last year after the Super Bowl, I don't think it's as hard as we make it out to be. Right, the Packers fans make it out of the Super Bowl. Well, if God smiles on us, may- maybe we'll be lucky to get back. I don't know. Maybe just do the right football things and do the sharp in-game decision-making things and don't throw interceptions in the playoffs. And then you know, I don't know. Maybe then you make a Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know if it's this next level, high level. Like God needs to smile on you. It's it's doable. We've seen it from other teams. This text says, but the Packers got many David Stern's bites at the apple. Yeah, they did. They did get a lot of bites at the apple. No, they didn't come out and say it, uh, which I still can't believe the the Brewers came out and said it. By the way, the Brewers are looking for, what, $290 million in public funding for American Family Field? I'll give them 20 bucks. I'll give them money if they retire Ryan Braun's number. It's conditional. It's like the uh, academic endowment to the university. It's like, well, I'll give you a million dollars, but it must be used on new lab equipment. I'll give you 20 bucks. If you promise that Ryan Braun's number will be retired, I will give money to stadium repairs under that circumstance. Uh, Sean from Eau Claire says, hey, Grant, Packers fans are delusional. The whole Chiefs win is one thing. Uh, I can top that. My Giants and Eli Manning have equal Super Bowl wins and appearances to both Favre and Rodgers combined. Yeah, I I hear you, Sean. I get it. I get it. But it's been a pleasure just to, you know, win games and be in the mix. Actually, it hasn't been. It's probably caused me a lot more frustration than it has joy. Right before that last break, I was saying that winning a Super Bowl the way that Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl on Sunday, it's really hard to do, right? We discussed this yesterday. Mahomes accounts for 70% of the cap. Tyreek Hill gone. Lots of defensive rookies. Lots of snaps from rookies from the Chiefs this year. New faces on offense like Juju Smith-Schuster or as A.J. Brown called him on Twitter today, TikTok boy. (laughs) Marquez Valdez-Scantling and all of these new faces. Canarius Tony joined in the middle of the year, right? And Patrick Mahomes overcame a lot of that and was brilliant on Sunday. He had to be. That's the only way they were going to win. But it's not just about the quarterback. It's about the organization. 
And the organizational margin for error is tiny, 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 tiny for teams that are paying their quarterback a lot of money, right? Sometimes you need to hit a draft pick or your SOL. Sometimes you need to hit a free agency signing or your SOL. And I have some examples of when the Packers over the last couple of years had to get it done, couldn't do it, and it hurt them. And I have some examples of when the Chiefs had to get it done, and they did. And it obviously made a huge difference as now they've won two Super Bowls. So think about in 2015, the Packers weren't equipped to deal with Jordy Nelson's injury, right? Jordy blows out his ACL in the preseason. Randall Cobb's not good enough to be a one. Devontae Adams wasn't ready. So they end up running around Jeff Janis, Jared Aberderis, all these guys, right? The Chiefs this year, they lose Tyreek Hill. They're like, all right, we got, we still got Travis Kelsey. Got the all-time great tight end. That helps. And they brought in some other competent wide receivers. MVS isn't great. Juju's not great, but, you know, they're, they're not... They're not Jeff Janis, right? They're NFL wide receivers that have been around the block, played on a couple of teams, right? They're experienced. In 2015, by the way, when Jordy Nelson blew out his knee, the Packers tight ends, can anyone remember who was on the team? The entire Packers tight end room was this. It was Kennard Backman, Justin Perillo, and Richard Rodgers. So that was the Packers tight end room in 2015. Flushed with talent. Uh, Another example I found in 2016, Packers lose Casey Hayward to free agency, right? And they said, well, we just drafted Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins. We'll be fine. If those picks hit, we'll be fine. Those picks did not hit. Not only did those players stink, but they ended up getting hurt. And then infamously in 2016 against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Ladarius Gunter ends up matched up against Julio Jones, right? Let's look at the Chiefs. After last season, the Chiefs let Traverius Ward walk to San Francisco in free agency. Three years, $42 million, nice payday. And they said, no, 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 we're good. We're good. We got our guy, LeJarrius Sneed, who was a fourth-round pick for them. And then they drafted Trent McDuffie, and then they drafted Jalen Watson in the seventh round, who turned out to be a really nice player for them this year. They had to hit on those picks, and they did. And that defense was good enough to keep the Eagles in check enough, keep the Bengals in check enough to make and ultimately win a Super Bowl. Packers let their cornerback position get away from them, had to hit on some picks, didn't. The Chiefs, the opposite, won a Super Bowl because of it. The Packers spent a second-round pick on a running back, A.J. Dillon. The Chiefs got their guy, their Super Bowl-winning running back, in the seventh round. A little bit different. The Packers spent a third-round pick on a depth tight end to play behind Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis. You want to know who the second and third tight ends were for the Chiefs this year? Blake Bell who's a career journeyman, this is second cent with the Chiefs. He was at the Vikings stretch. And uh, Noah Gray, who's a fifth-round pick. Now, I don't know if they can play H-back like Josiah DeGuara. Really have yet to see him come into his own and, and blossom as that Kyle Juszczyk weapon we were promised in the third round. But I digress. Right, just a couple of examples that I found. Teams can't afford to miss on picks with the expensive quarterback. The Chiefs have not had very many misses. Right, The Chiefs have done a better job not putting themselves into a hole. right? Because if you can't pay Charvarius Ward in free agency, you better have a backup plan. And they did. They had Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson. That's a nice room. right? If you're going to let Tyreek Hill go, you better have a backup plan. They had Travis Kelsey. They had all these pieces. So the Chiefs have been a better organization than the Packers. I also think Mahomes is just better. He's better than Rodgers. He's way better than Breeze. Way better than Russell Wilson. I think he's going to turn out to be better than Peyton Manning. That one needs a little bit more time. Peyton Manning won a lot of MVPs. 
and two Super Bowls. He wasn't integral in the second the way that Patrick Mahomes was. I need a little bit more time with Peyton Manning, but it's better than Rodgers and Breeze and Russ and all these other guys who once they got paid, they tailed off a little bit in the NFC recently. Mahomes is just better than those guys, and that makes it easier on the Chiefs as well. My, my point, I guess, is this. I'm not being anti-Packers or anti-Rodgers. I'm trying to explain how impressive the Chiefs' Super Bowl is because they had to do all these things correctly with such a limited margin for error. Vagabond John is here, 608-796-2558. What's up, Vagabond John? Vagabond John, I can't hear you. I can. You sound like you're really far away. I can't hear him. I don't know what the deal is. I can barely, like, barely, barely hear you way in the back of my headphones, Vagabond John. Let's take a break. We'll try to get that figured out. And if we can, I'll take you on the other side of this break. 608-796-2558. Give me a call or a text. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Grant Bills, I hope you're having a great Valentine's Day. Very romantic, very whatever you're looking for. I don't know. Whatever you're looking to get out of Valentine's Day, I, I hope you find it. I hope you realize your hopes and dreams. We're just talking a little bit more about the Super Bowl that the Chiefs won on Sunday. What it means, I just can't say enough about how impressive it is for Patrick Mahomes to make a certain percentage of the salary cap and the Chiefs to kind of be in a rebuilding year. And they got it done anyways. And we've seen time and time again, high-priced quarterbacks come up short. Rosters just aren't good enough. The defense just isn't there. The special teams, the coaching, the whatever. You're playing too many rookies. Not a problem for Patrick Mahomes. Not a problem for the Chiefs this year. That's so impressive. So we've been talking a little bit about that. At some point, we got to talk about the two basketball games that are coming up tonight. Badgers play Michigan, and the Bucks host the Celtics. There's some injuries. There's some different things that I want to talk about with that game. I believe I fixed the phone. I believe I uh, did the thing. I think I troubleshooted. I think we got it all ironed out. Vagabond John, let's try for number two. Hello? Can you hear me? Can I hear you? Is it, oh, oh, oh. Is it working? Oh, it's working so good. I can hear you so good, Vagabond John. I love this conversation. This is something that I've been harping on for a while. I think I talked a little bit about it yesterday, though. Yeah. Uh, one correction that I want to make to your point is, you know, the Chiefs have made draft mistakes. They've drafted in the last 10 years two skill position players in the first round. One, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Two, do you know who the second one is? Um, What year was it? I don't know, that's 2020. Cheating. 2020? Did they take a wide receiver? No, a running back. Oh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's been so forgettable. So, yeah, that was a miss. That was a huge miss. So... These guys, and then the next year they didn't have a first-round pick, and then uh, 2022 they they had two first-round picks, and George Karlaftis uh, was an awesome pick out of Purdue. But my point being is they have actually made quite a few uh, draft errors. Going back, you know, a narrative that you always heard with Aaron Rodgers is, well, they're not drafting first-round receivers for for Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have first-round receivers. Well, my point being that you brought up 
is all-time great. And now the question that I'm going to be asking, depending on how Aaron Rodgers' career ends, is he going to crack top five all-time? And when we say the the term all-time great, what do we mean by that? And I don't want to turn his entire take into an Aaron Rodgers slam piece, but, you know, for the guy to make one Super Bowl – and for every excuse that Packer fans have given him and the organization, right, it's not just all about Aaron Rodgers, yeah. but for all the excuses that Packer fans have made over the last decade plus, we're seeing Kansas City do pretty much what the Packers have done, and it led to them to have great success, right? And let's not pretend that the Packers didn't just make two NFC championships. It's not as if they've missed the playoffs the last last five seasons. But, you know, I'm looking at the uh, Kansas City draft history right now, and I'm seeing a lot of defensive players. Some panned out, some didn't. You know, McCole Hardman is like the highest uh, drafted skill position that they've, that has, you know, come out and been good. But I wouldn't say he's like their star or anything uh, by that name. You know, by that means, but for everybody who said, well, Aaron Rodgers just needed a defense. Aaron Rodgers just needed a, a, a first round draft pick. The Packers just needed X, just needed Y. And it's like, man, the Chiefs just seemed to plug the right pieces together despite having a middle of the road defense, despite not spending high draft capital on skill positions. Instead, they put it towards the offensive line at linebackers. And it's just kind of, you know, it's fun to see that. Also, Big shout-out to the number one pro football focus rated linebacker out of the University of Wisconsin, Leo Chanel. Grantsburg's so, uh, own. Yeah, he was, he was tremendous. Big. Well, and I throughout the year, I, I kept looking at the Chiefs draft, and I'm like, man, I, I, I maybe like what they did a little bit more. They got Karloftis, and then they got their linebacker a couple of rounds later, and the Packers took Quay Walker right away. And I, Obviously, their draft's very different because the Packers got Christian Watson. Sky Moore went a little bit later. I I think the skill position stuff might be a little misleading, Vagabond John. Allow me to push back because I don't do this a lot with callers. I feel like I need to do a little bit more of this. I feel as though the Chiefs yeah. are a little bit of an outlier in their ability to not take skill position players, especially early because they got such a bargain on Tyree Kill, who turned out to be better than anyone could have imagined. And the same with Travis Kelsey, right, who's always available. That's another thing about those two, always available, always on the field. And I think that really gave them the flexibility to not have to worry about wide receiver, right, the way that some other teams maybe have. But the rest of it, you're absolutely right. They've had misses, and I would contend that those misses were covered up for by Patrick Mahomes because he's... But where was Devontae Adams drafted? In the fourth round. I mean, that was... Yeah, I mean, he was drafted in the fourth round. So we're talking about kind of on the same timeline, right? This is when it's the same timeline where, yeah, the Packers are, of course, five to eight years ahead of where the Chiefs are now. But if you rewind um, to, you know, we're talking Packers 2013 to 2017, right? That's kind of where the Chiefs are right now. If you're going to compare Rodgers to Mahomes' career. Sure. And I... I just think during that time, everybody's, oh, the Packers defense is just not good enough. Or, oh, they just need one more big-time skill. And you look at the weapons that they had. Uh, Eddie Lacy, obviously, he, he put together a couple of really good years. Um, but he's on par with Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh-round rookie, right? Aaron Jones, I think, is the best running back of any skill positions. And Devontae Adams is right up there with Tyree Kill. So on offense, you're wondering, why can Mahomes and Andy Reid put up 30 points yeah, like, like you just said, yeah. they made it look really easy. Why is it so difficult to convert a third and four 
down the stretch with, you know, yeah. the coaching combination. And I did want to leave last note. Sure. A lot of it is on the coach. I think Andy Reid is just that dude, yeah. right? I don't think he cares about any outside noise, and I think he's just not saying a coach. But moving on, um, Badger basketball. They I win think, tonight? Uh, if it, you know, I think there's a good chance. I think this is another one of those moments. The Badgers, and I feel like Wisconsin sports teams in general, they always have – those games that everybody says there's no shot. Uh, they're one-point favorites at home. I think they get a win. And I think Rowdy Razor on the morning show is going to have to put himself on Mount Notice uh, because he picked in his daily picks against the Badgers. Can someone so. tell Rowdy to chill with his bets? He he bets. What does he bet? Ten bucks on a game, and then he allows that $10 bet to like dictate every opinion he has for a week. And ben, like Ben got pissed at him this morning, right? Because because Rowdy's like, I thought the hold at the end of the Super Bowl was a great call, and Ben's like, I don't care about your bets. I don't care that you bet on the cheese. I we need Rowdy to chill a little bit. We need more cogent analysis and less gambling driven takeage from that guy. Yeah, you know the morning show has its balances, right? Evo kind of <laughs> comes off of the. I think I think Ben is the more grounded in sound uh, analysis guy, you know. Uh, which I absolutely loved his take. If you didn't listen to Ben Kenny, you'll hear him coming up. You heard him this morning. Uh, Good that holding call was like getting pulled over going 60 in a 55, even though you just got passed by somebody going 75. Yeah. I think that is the most – well, were you speeding? Yes. But, but. Uh, but yeah, anyways, I do think the Badgers uh, get us a Valentine's Day win. I don't think there's any more uh, love lost between the two coaches. I doubt that they make contact in the handshake line. And I'm excited because the 10th restaurant that I called today did, in fact, have an open reservation, so I got myself a steak with my fiancé. So It took 10 tries. Everybody's full. If you haven't called in already, you're too late. Yeah. Well, enjoy Valentine's Day, Vagabond John. I appreciate you. I'm glad we got the phone working. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. Later. Have a very romantic and fulfilling Valentine's Day. Yeah, we'll get to the Badgers in a couple minutes. I have, a, I have a take on the Badgers game tonight, and it's along similar lines as what Vagabond John is saying. I, I come from a more of a gut-feeling position on tonight's Badger game than anything else. Just comparing this game to the games they've had this season, and even thinking about the Packers or the Brewers or some of our other teams, this game just fits a certain profile, and I want to talk about that. Vagabond John is absolutely right about the Packers finding Devontae Adams in the fourth round. I also think there's a big difference between a team having Devontae Adams and another team having Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has been so good for so long, we forget how good he is, right? And I know that we love to give Mahomes credit for, oh, Tyreek Hill left and he got better. They they lost Tyreek Hill, the offense got better. Absolutely. Deserves a lot of credit for that. But I, I feel like while we believe that to be true, we also believe that Travis Kelsey is one of the finest football players in the league and we don't, we, we nary the two shall mix, right? Like we want to give Patrick Mahomes credit for lighting the league on fire after losing his number one wide receiver. And we want to give Travis Kelsey for being great, but we don't often rectify those two takes as one. And yes, the Packers had Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers. And yes, he was a great value in the fourth round. There's a big difference between having Devontae Adams and there's a difference between that. And obviously you get what I'm saying. One elite skill position player versus two. That's a, that's just a massive difference. Massive difference. And I think we we need to realize that. Right? Again, we'll talk Badgers basketball in a couple of minutes. We'll talk Bucks basketball in a couple of minutes as well. Whenever we get to it. Let's take a three-minute break. We're back next on the Wisco Sports Show. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show got to issue a correction. Yes, Devontae Adams is a second round pick. My bad. Brain farts. Glad you're all paying attention, though. Got a bunch of texts. Got a couple of tweets. Yes, he was a second round pick, which, by the way, I, I now feel like Vagabond John has to call back in because one of the points he made is like, yeah, Tyreek Hill was a great value later draft pick. Same with Travis Kelsey, but didn't the Packers do the same with Devontae Adams? And I should have said, no, he was a second round pick. He was a premium pick. Uh, I'm off my game today. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Valentine's Day. I just love it in the air. Maybe I'm distracted. Maybe I, I got basketball in the brain because I know we got Buck Celtics tonight, which I'm very much looking forward to. Even though some of the best players aren't going to play, I'm still excited to watch a basketball game. Imagine that. Imagine that. I'm also very excited to watch Wisconsin-Michigan tonight. It's a two-TV night, everybody. Unless you're Vagabond John, then you got to go get a romantic dinner. Uh, text here from St. Paul Schmidt who says, just tuning in, got some major duck weather here in the Twin Cities metro. Does meteorologist Bills have a weather report for the Cooley region? Uh, yes. I was outside about an hour ago. It was raining. That's all I can tell you. It's like 40 degrees. So, yes, duck weather, an apt description. Very, very much so. Thank you, St. Paul Schmidt, for the text. Let's talk to Ed in Madison, 608-796-2558. What's up, Ed? Hey, Grant, I like that call from Vagabond John. I like his uh, take. It's, uh, it's nice to be able to compare our past graphs uh, versus the Chiefs because that's actually a gold standard maybe. But then again, I like what his take was. It was dead on. I have one thing I want to add. Um, not to fill this up with Packers talk, because I did want to talk to Packers. Yeah, we got plenty of time. we got um, an hour and ten minutes of the show left. we got plenty of time, man. All right, man. I won't take up the whole hour, I promise. Um, say, I, it, back to the, his take, you got to throw in coaching. I think our quality of coaching is not up to par with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs' coaching staff, is they can make a lot out of little. And I think that's what they've proven. And it helps to have Mahomes as your stud quarterback, of course. Um, I was very happy for him. I was rooting for the Chiefs. I'm a big Mahomes fan. Yeah. Um, always have been um, from the day when he came out of nowhere. Um, so um, if I had a second outlier of a, a team that I want to root for, I had to pick the Chiefs. Um, you know, I don't know if you have a second team that you sort of root for, or if it's not the Packers, number one. But I don't know. It probably, it probably ebbs and flows depends on the year. I, I like the Chiefs. Some nice history. They're very Packers-ish and smaller town. Yeah. Been around for a long time. I'm, I'm not anti-Chiefs. Very likable team, likable city. I've never been there, so I'm talking out of my butt. But no, I'm with you. That's not a bad sure. thing. But, you know, but they go back in the past with the Packers. They're tied with the Packers, you know, in a way. Uh, they... You know, from the history, histrionics, um, you know, I think second, third, what was the second Super Bowl was against the Chiefs? I think it was the first one, wasn't the it? First. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I don't I, know my histrionics. I misremembered Devontae Adams' draft position by three rounds, so I'm not exactly <laughs> dialed in today. Sure. Well, I want to kind of, and I'm going to change it up now. Um, I've been kind of going back and forth some Madison radio station about great guard mm-hmm. um they seem to be on a hot hot take around here that great guard should 
being the chopping block. And they're, they're kind of using Coach Fickle as sort of a, the apples to oranges comparison, you know? And I just like, that's just not right. I mean, Fickle came in, he, he really shook up the UW football program, but he hasn't won a game yet. So you're saying that Greg Gard hasn't been able to um, recruit. They keep going back to recruit in the style of offense. And, I, and my, my thought, my thinking is, is that when you lose two players, you know, you lost one to the pros, uh-huh. and you lose, um, what was the last name? His last name was King. You know, oh, Kobe they King. lost players. Yeah. yeah, Kobe King. Now, I don't Kobe King left for personal reasons. I'm And I was trying to walk this line, and they just kind of don't want to hear it. They, they have it in for guard, and I actually think they've had it in for guard for quite a while. I'm not talking, I'm talking about a channel on ESPN. <laughs> oh, um, but, um, what, Brust and yeah. Scalzo and Brust or one of those shows? I don't, I don't know where all the shows well, are. There are a lot of them. Not, yeah, it's the earlier one before that. Um, uh, but anyway, I, don't know the I, names I, of I have it all. No, yeah, I won't, I won't throw their name out there. But I, it's just, my point is that I, I always go to, he, I, I go head to head with them and, and they don't want to hear it. They they just think that guards got to go, and they got we have to have a change because it's the fickle effect. I call it. And I and I said I love the hire. Don't get me wrong, but you shouldn't be comparing his what he's doing. Yes, maybe basketball needs a little bit of a revamping on some level. But you got to give you got to have the horses to come to the come to the race. And right now, you know this. We all know this. The, the, the stable is kind of <clears throat> empty. Um, we only have one guy that comes off the bench that can actually maybe play relatively well. In a season, he shouldn't even be playing as many minutes as he is right now. And that's unfortunate. Um, I mean, it's fortunate for us that he's doing is what he's doing, but he's making a lot of young young player mistakes. And um, and But he's still, he can still stroke the three. But um, anyway, I just, I'm not a great guy. I'm not... Maybe it's just my small town in me, and he comes from a little town called Cobb, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Have you ever been to Cobb, Wisconsin? I haven't been. Blink. You man, go through I, it. I, I, spiritually, I feel like I've been there. You know, I've read so much about it, and you I'm probably such a great fan. Yeah. <laughs> you are, and, and I am too. And I, I, I just think he deserves better. I think he deserves another year. And the season's not over yet, by God. I mean, they could pull off a miracle. And then he can put all these naysayers to rest, and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping so, for it, too, Ed. Anyway. I, I want to talk about all the things that you just submitted till the top of the hour. I feel like it's the perfect amount of time, so I'm going to let you go and address some of those bullet points you just hit. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Take care. Thank oh, you. by the way, one last take. Uh-huh. One last take. Your man, Gasper. Yeah? He rocked it today, man. That a boy, Gasper. I was, uh, speaking, yeah, of, speaking of exercising, thank you, Ed. Uh Think of exercise. I was going to go for a run this morning, and I settled for a walk. And I bought a cinnamon roll on the way home. <laughs> Damn it. I'll worry out tomorrow. It'll be fine. On the Greg Gard stuff, the roster is a little bare this year. I don't think it's because of a lack of recruiting. They're getting good recruits in here. And I'm not Evan Flood. I'm not Zach Heilpern or Jesse Temple. I, I can't off the dome talk about stars and, you know, all the great recruits. But they, they get high-level players. They're getting good-level players. And the recruiting class they have coming in is is quite good. I think the roster this year is bare because they didn't expect Johnny Davis to be headed to the NBA. Lauren Bowman suffered an injury, and that was an absence. And I think they thought that they could get another big in the portal, and they couldn't. So they got caught with their pants down a little bit, but they got caught with their pants down for reasons that I understand. 
So I'm a little empathetic to the roster crunch that they're under this year. Now, the fickle comparisons, they make for good sports talk radio conversation. I don't know that they're rooted in reality. And again, I'm not this diehard college sports fan that knows the ins and outs and the bureaucracy and the the financing and all of the things. This could be better discussed and better broken down by others, like Kenny and Heilprin, who are coming up at 6 o'clock. But what I think gets missed a lot from people like me, the talking heads who, who go on their radio show and say, well, they did it with football with Luke Fickle. Why don't they just do the same with basketball? Because it's not the same world. Right? These athletic departments are funded by football. They're powered by football. Football makes everything tick. So when Chris McIntosh saw that football was getting stale and interest was waning, right, and participation from fans and everything, it was losing its luster. He said, oh, we can't have this. We cannot have, we can't have it. Can't be serious. We can't do it. We need to be aggressive and nip this in the bud because football makes everything else tick. It's not the same for basketball. So I'm, I'm not saying that they'll accept mediocrity in basketball. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think the firing of Paul Christ and the hiring of Luke Fickle was about rejecting mediocrity. I think it was adding life into a part of the athletic department that's really, really important. Like, they might not win any Big Ten titles with Luke Fickle. They might not do it. They might, they might not do any better from a results perspective than they did with Paul Christ. But it got stale and it got boring and the interest waned and athletic departments can't have that. Not to... Not to be minimalist to basketball, not to minimize basketball. You kind of have it with basketball. You can have ebbs and flows and ups and downs. And it can be okay. It's not really the same with football. Different worlds, different sports, different economics, different everything. And that's often lost in sports talk radio. Hour number two, Wisco Sports Show. Next. Rushes come, going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. conversation is a difficult one. Luke Fickle complicates things. And, and again, I, you know, I'll level with you guys always. I'm not the most qualified person to talk on UW athletics and everything that goes into college athletics. So I don't want to speak too boldly. I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't want to talk out of my butt. I think the Luke Fickle comparison is sometimes off base and it's really popular in sports talk radio in the state. I hear it a lot. So we'll just do what you did with football, but with basketball. It's not the same. It's not the same sport. The economic structure of the sport is not the same. The motivation from the athletic department to address certain things in the basketball program may or may not be the same. It's just different. And I know it's easy to say. It's easy to say, we'll just do what you did with football, do it to basketball. Well, they might not have done what they did with football had Luke Fickle not been available. Do you know a Luke Fickle version of college basketball? Now, that's one thing I know I'm not prepared to do is give my preferred list of college basketball replacements for Greg Gard. That's something I can't do. I, I know it's an easy premise to say, well, just do what you did for football. But it's it's a different sport, and it's a different structure, and it's it's different. Brett Noclair says, Grant, I listened to the show that Ed doesn't want to mention. What show is it? It's okay, Guys, it's okay to mention other sports talk shows on the show. 
What's your, why is this such a dirty word? Who is it? Heller? I like Heller. I like, I, I like other sports talk shows. I listen to other shows. Now I listen to our shows most of all, but I, I do check into other shows. He says, Grant, I listened to the show that Ed doesn't want to mention. Guard had six guys leave and you replenish with three. The staff not filling the gaps and the players' lack of accountability is why Guard, I believe, has come to the end of the line. I, I don't know. Maybe I. Maybe you're right, Brett. My first thought is I think you're minimizing a little bit what happened this offseason. Lauren Bowman got hurt. Johnny Davis went to the draft. I, I just think they got caught with their pants down, and that's bad, yes. But they got caught with their pants down for reasons that I can kind of understand. It's not like the recruiting hasn't been good. The recruiting has been great. I don't really always love how players haven't developed. Sometimes it just seems like players plateau under Greg Gard. That's, that's I guess, my bugaboo with Greg Gard is you get guys who come in as freshmen, sophomores, they look pretty decent, and then they never really reach that next level. I don't think the recruiting has been a problem. This has been a down year. There are a couple players short, and yes, absolutely, that's bad. But I'm a little bit sympathetic to why they're short on those players. Let's go to the phone, 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, this is Keith. Keith, what's going on? Where are you calling from, Keith? I'm driving through Madison on my commute. Love the show, Grant. First time calling in. Uh, love it. Fills my commute. It's good, good ride home with you. Oh, I love that. I appreciate that. What's going on today, Keith? Hey, yeah, I want to I weigh in on Greg Gard. I think uh, I agree with you. The comparison to the fickle situation is it just it doesn't hold up for me. However, if you want to make a comparison, let's talk about Marquette. Let's talk about UW-Milwaukee. Sure. There is no way Wisconsin should be the third best team in the state. And they're lucky it's third because Green Bay is a dumpster fire right now. But what Shaka Smart has done at Marquette, getting him into the top ten, what Bart Lundy has done at Milwaukee, turning that around in one year to get him to the top of the conference, that's the comparison you're looking for. And, frankly, I don't know if Guard can do that, and I'd be really interested to see if – if somebody else could. So what happens this year if Marquette goes to the tournament and they lose in the first round like every other year? Are, are we are we still going to view this season as the same? I, I don't know. Every team, I think, is allowed ups and downs here and there. And, I, you know, you talk about Bart Lundy. Was Bart Lundy, educate me, please, was Bart Lundy hailed as this exciting hire? Because it was never framed that way. They let go of Patrick Williams or Patrick Baldwin, right, senior, the dad. I don't know his first name. And I don't remember Bart Lundy being paraded as this sexy name the way that obviously Luke Fickle was. I, I guess I, I don't know. I still don't think of them as the third best team. I think of them as the third most successful currently in their environment, right, relative to the rest of their conference. But, and I, I don't, I, I don't know. I guess Keith, I don't know. <laughs> I know that's not adding much. They're not really helping. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know that Lundy was was a huge name like on everybody's list. But if you watch how he rebuilt that team with the transfer portal, sure, and picked up the pieces, like it, it. It looks good, man. It's, it looks good on the floor. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's something that the Badgers are going to have to be able to do. And I think that's something that we learned with Paul Christ is, you know, couldn't really go out and get transfers, right? Or at least not at the level that we've seen with Fickle. And then Luke Fickle comes in. It's like, oh, my God, where's this been all our life? And maybe it would be the case with Badger basketball, too. I just it's a different sport. It's different, Keith. I, I don't know. I'm always I'm always going to if I can't quite decide, I'm always going to lean towards Greg Gard because he's proven it more often than not, and won a couple Big Ten titles, which is more than Chaka Smart could say in the Big East. Obviously, he hasn't been there as long, and I, I don't know. I think we're very quick to forget how successful Greg Gard has been at this program. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I get it. All I can say is he better be Jawan tonight. Go get the win. That's all I care about. Get it done. Yeah, this is this is a must-win game. Keith, I appreciate you. Call back sometime. We can talk Badgers again. Will do. Thanks, Brad. That is our new friend, Keith and Madison. We love that. Yeah, Badgers got to win tonight, and I think they will. I just have a good feeling about the game. I guess I don't really have too much concrete evidence other than I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling it out. I Have I not earned a little, a little juice with Badgers basketball this year? Like I was prepared for the Jordan Davis outburst. I, last uh, Friday night, I was like, I think, or was this two two Friday nights ago? I was like, I think Tyler Wall is going to get it together. I think he's going to figure it out. And he did. Like, I I don't know. I've been, I've been pretty close. I haven't, I've been too off on this Badgers basketball team this year. I just got a good feeling about tonight. This game reminds me of the of the Packers hosting the Vikings in Week 16. That's what this reminds me of. I don't know that this game ultimately means a lot in the long run for either team. Now, obviously, the Vikings went on to make the playoffs. They didn't do anything, but that game was fun. The environment was awesome. It was a rivalry. We all enjoyed it. It didn't mean anything for the Packers. It didn't really end up meaning much for the Vikings. I don't think tonight's game will mean much other than bragging rights and vibes. But I think it's going to be a really fun game, and I think the Badgers are really going to put their back into it. There's a little extra juice with what Hunter Dickinson said last month on the Round Ball podcast. Here's the clip. You all remember this, right? Wisconsin, I mean, they're just, they're just, they're scumbags. That's what it is. That's what it is. I'm sorry. They're just scumbags. Like, nothing I can say about Wisconsin is going to, like, fire up the matchup even more. So it's like, it already is what it is, but like, yeah, it's good bags. The feeling could not be any more mutual. No, that's good. That's what college basketball. <laughs> the feeling could not. Be, it's not like it's a one-sided beef where it's like Maryland, where it's like I'm mad at Mark Turgeon for not recruiting me, and like Maryland's like they have no re- like the players have no reason to be mad at me. It's like, you know, this one is very mutual. So it turns out this game did need some juice because <laughs> Wisconsin is fourteen and ten. Is Michigan fourteen and ten as well? I was looking earlier today. They almost have identical records. So it's funny that a month and a half ago, he's like, well, not that this game needs the hype. It, it does, though. Because Michigan's 14 and 11 and unranked. Wisconsin's 14 and 10 and unranked. Under 500 in the conference. The game did need a little juice. Now, it has some some remaining juice, some residue from Juwan Howard, you know, punching a Badgers assistant coach. He punched Krabinoff last year. So that juice exists. Hunter Dickinson's such a loser. Imagine doing a podcast with Marty Mush. I don't even know Barstool and the characters and all the dynamics that play Barstool, but I know Marty Mush is a loser because I follow Big Cat and I follow PFT on Twitter, and through that I'm able to glean that that guy sucks. And I'm Team Hank all the way, by the way, in that feud. And that's why Marty Mush was relegated to hosting some stupid college basketball podcast with Hunter Dickinson, who better get ready to play in Greece or Paris. Or England, with all respect to Sam Decker for taking the game and making it global, I guess, if that's the positive spin you want to put on playing in Europe. This game is so stupid tonight. Michigan has relegated itself to simply trying to beat Wisconsin. Like, this is the rivalry. This is what we're going to get up for. A team with all that talent, a team that's three games under five hundred and very much underperforming for the second straight year. Michigan went on a run in the tourney last year. And Juwan Howard came back and had this nice redemption arc. Not that he should have been allowed to coach in the tournament anyways. I will continue to go back to that take. He should have 
been suspended for the rest of the year and for tournament play, but whatever. Michigan wildly underperformed last year, way under their talent, way under what they were supposed to do. And then they went on a nice little run and everybody forgot. And now they're doing the same thing again. They're 14 and 11. They're unranked. They're barely above 500 in the conference. And now it's all about going on some stupid round ball barstool podcast with Marty Mush to talk about how Wisconsin are scumbags. What? Because of some Brad Davison fetish that everyone has from the last couple of years. I didn't really like Brad Davison that much either, but he wore my jersey. He was on my team. Of course, I was going to back him, but I, I get it. I get it. You, you can let it go, though. Oh, they're scumbags. What do you, what do you go to bed at night thinking about Brad Davison, you loser? Why don't you go punch another coach? This game has been relegated to a soap opera because Michigan stinks. Wisconsin stinks. Wisconsin has become the program this year that blows 10-point second-half leads as a hobby. They do it every game. They get up a couple points. They were up 17 against Nebraska. They're going to let that game go getting swept by Northwestern just playing ugly ISO basketball for the final two minutes pound for pound this game doesn't have a lot of juice from a basketball perspective but I do think tonight's game is going to kick ass because of the Juwan Howard thing because of the Hunter Dickinson thing I think Wisconsin's upset as they should be about how Saturday went and I think this game's going to rule I think we get a nice Chucky Hepburn game. He was 8-21 on Saturday, which is terrible. 3 of 12 from 3. At some point, maybe as a coach, speaking of guard, I would have intervened and said, hey, Chucky, uh, you're not Damian Lillard, so stop. Stop taking all those shots. But I think Chucky's due for a bounce back, and I think he'll probably lead him tonight. I think Wisconsin will probably win. I think the whole center will be bumping because it's personal, and they have reason to bump tonight. I think this is the night of the Cole Center. I think it's Chucky Hepburn's night. I think the batters win. And I think tonight is the Badgers version of that Packers win over the Vikings. I think it'll be a a moment. It'll be a really nice moment. It'll be great for fans. We'll be able to celebrate on Twitter. I'm definitely jumping into Twitter space with some of my Badger degenerate friends. Maybe we can get Ben Kenny going on Twitter. Asher Lowe, maybe get those guys involved. Kenny and Heilprin, that's coming up. I mean, it's going to be great. Tonight's going to be really fun, I think, from a Badger perspective. I don't know what it's going to mean. Just like that week 16 matchup against the Vikings where Keyshawn Nixon ran one back and then there was a, a pick six from Darnell Savage. Like, it was great. It was probably the most fun I had all Packers season long. Didn't mean anything. I don't think tonight will mean anything because I think Wisconsin's basically backed themselves too far into a corner. But I'll take the Badgers tonight. I got a good feeling. Got a good Chucky Hepburn feeling. And I think the Greg Gard gauge is going to be in the green tonight. I don't want to speak for Badgers fans. I'll let them speak their piece when I send out the polling materials, but... I think tonight is a good night for the Badgers. I'm, I'm feeling good, and I'm obviously excited to watch. All right, let's shift to this. Let's talk about the other basketball game that's on tonight. I want to talk about the Bucks. They play the Celtics. I got so mad last night on Twitter because people were complaining that they're going to be players sitting out. There's players injured. There's players. So Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, not playing. Robert Williams, Al Horford, questionable. I think Grant Williams is either questionable or probable. It's a very high chance that the Celtics could be without their starting five tonight. Okay. And it's a matchup between the two best teams in basketball as of right now. We'll see what Phoenix does. And I think the Celtics and the Bucks are both better than the Nuggets. And that would be reflected in the championship odds if you go look. I haven't checked in a couple of days, but I think it's still Celtics one, Bucks two. It's the two best teams in basketball, certainly the two best teams in the East. And guys aren't playing. And NBA fans are mad. Adam Silver! Get a hold of your league. Adam Silver, Adam Silver, I'll agree. Adam Silver does need to get this league under control. He needs to step in. Adam Silver, you need to take control of your league. You're not doing enough, if we're being honest. Like two weeks ago, when Marcus Smart almost shattered his ankle coming off a screen, where was Adam Silver? 
Who's he not in attendance? Why didn't he run down onto the court? Act as an ankle brace. Everyone's so mad about the league today. Everyone's so mad at Adam Silver that tonight's game, no one's playing. Well, where was Adam Silver two weeks ago in Marcus Smart? Why couldn't he have prevented that? On Sunday, when the Sixers were playing the Celtics, Jalen Brown took Jason Tatum's elbow to the face, shattered his cheekbone. Where was Adam Silver? Adam Silver, get your league under control. Step up, be a leader. I'm obviously being an ass. Basketball players get hurt. It happens. It actually happens a lot. It's a very physical sport. Guys are 6'5 or taller. They weigh a ton. Think of Joel Embiid or Robert Williams or Brooke Lopez. These guys all weigh 280. And they're 6'10", 7 foot, and they're cutting, jumping, leaping. They're coming down on each other. They're diving for balls. You get injuries. And I know seeing we're just speaking of uh, all these different sports shows today, and uh, Brent Noclair said it was Rutledge and Hamilton. I may or may not actually be familiar with that show. That might not be a show that I know. But I saw Steve Zabin tweeting last night, and I actually replied to him in a very nice professional way. I'm like, dude, this is this is wrong. Let's see if the tweet's still up. It shouldn't be. I hope he deleted it. Oh, no, it's still up. He said, tomorrow's Boston-Milwaukee tilt in the East is going to be a mass load management game. Tatum, Smart, and Brown out for Celtics. Giannis and Pat out for Bucks. Keeping bubble wrap on Jay Crowder for maybe 10 more days. I mean, come on. Impossible to take this league seriously. Impossible. First of all, half of this tweet is wrong. I don't know where he got Giannis and Pat being out. They are both announced probably yesterday. About a half hour, Budenholzer said they are both playing. The Bucks don't say probable for players unless they're going to sit. It's really rare you get a probable designation and then the player doesn't play. So I don't really know where Zabin saw that. Zabin does mornings on uh, 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee. And they got some stations around the state. So he said it's a mass load management game. Tatum, Smart, and Brown all out for Celtics. I don't know how injured Tatum is. He is injured. I don't know how injured. Marcus Smart twisted his ankle so bad it looked like his knee might have blown out. And he's been out for about two weeks. That's not load management. He's very injured. The fact that he'll be able to come back at all this year is a miracle, I think, for him and the Celtics. When we saw that injury, I thought he was done for the year. That's not load management. That's an injury. Jalen Brown has a broken face. He has a broken orbital bone. He took an elbow from Jason Tatum, who's like 6'8", 230, 240, built like a milk house, like just as muscular as you'll find. Just took an elbow on a loose ball they're both going for. Look at that effort. I know that's a, a wildly surprising concept in an NBA game for most people who don't watch basketball. I just don't know where this narrative came from that tonight is a load management game. It's not. The Celtics were really healthy for most of the year, and they got some bad injury luck. Marcus Smart tweaked his ankle badly. Jalen Brown has a broken face. I don't know how someone looks at tonight's game and thinks load management. Jay Crowder sitting out until after the All-Star game? Of course he is. Of course he is. It would be the same as if an NFL player was close to coming back, but you could wait until after the bye week. Of course you're going to wait. Jake Crowder hasn't played competitive basketball in nine months. Of course they're going to ramp him up. So it wasn't just Steve Zabin. I saw Kyle Cowherd tweet about it today. He's like, oh, a guy's missing in Celtics Bucks tonight. Classic NBA. They're hurt. They are injured with actual injuries. They're not sitting out for the heck of it. Although I also kind of blame the NBA because they scheduled the Celtics last night. Stop putting rivalry games on the second night of a back-to-back. Now, that would have, wouldn't have would have made a difference for Brown or Smart. It might have made a difference for Tatum. might have made a difference for Horford or Williams. We'll see if, if all of these guys or some of those guys end up playing. 
But but this narrative game has been ruined by load management. They're all hurt. They've been playing nonstop basketball since October, early November, whenever the league starts. They haven't had a break. The All-Star break's coming up. They're banged up. Don't don't make that about a, a today's NBA thing. Don't make that about load management. Guys are just hurt. Guys get hurt. It's a really physical game. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text. We can keep talking about the two basketball games tonight. We can talk about the Packers. Aaron Rodgers went on the McAfee show today. Didn't really give us anything too pertinent. It was an entertaining conversation, but nothing that we need to break down in, in detail. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Coming up next, it's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills a lot to talk about tonight a lot of different things to pick from if you want to talk basketball we can go bucks we can go badgers wisconsin hosts michigan tonight the badgers or or the bucks rather host the celtics there's some injuries which stinks still gonna be a fun game chance to watch Giannis and a very healthy bucks team right now at home against a team that you might see in the playoffs even if it's not in this form it's not a load management game Don't let the old heads tell you that. That's not what's going on. Marcus Smart is very hurt. I watched it happen. I thought his season might be over. Jalen Brown has a broken face. It's not a load management. They're hurt. They are injured. They are are unable, unable, not prepared to play. They can't play. It's not a choice. Right? So we can talk about the Bucs game tonight. I don't really know what there is to say, but if you have something to add, hit me up. 608-796-2558. We can talk Wisconsin-Michigan as well. A little bit of drama. There's a nice layer of of drama on this game from what happened with Juwan Howard last year. Remember when Juwan Howard, like, punched another coach after a game and there were analysts that were like, well, Greg Gard did impede his path. Man, shut up. He he punched another guy. If I punched one of my coworkers right now, I, I don't know if there is a way I could justify it, let alone if I punched someone who came to our building, worked at another company, which to go all coward with this is essentially what Juwan Howard did. I remember that last year. There were people taking Juwan Howard's side. I was like, are you kidding me? Juwan Howard, who's had more than one incident like this? Yeah, it's a Greg Gard problem, though. Yeah, yeah. Notorious bad guy, Greg Gard. So there's that from last year, and then there's the Hunter Dickinson comments from earlier this year where he went on some podcast. He might actually be the co-host of that podcast, I think. I think he's a co-host of the Round Ball podcast with Marty Mush who at one point was one of the higher-ups at, at Barstool, and then he went out with Hank's ex-girlfriend, Rhea. Why I know this, don't ask. Uh, and then he was banished to the college basketball corner of the internet. That guy sucks. Two guys as unlikable as you'll find, Marty Mush and Hunter Dickinson. They deserve each other. But if you don't know what comments I'm talking about, uh, because you don't listen to that podcast, because no one does, uh, here they are. Wisconsin, I mean, they're just... They're just... They're scumbags. That's what it is. They're just scumbags. Like nothing I can say about Wisconsin is gonna like fire up the matchup even more. So it's like it already is what it is. But like, yeah, they're scumbags. The feeling could not be any more mutual. No, that's good. That's what college basketball. <laughs> the feeling could not. Be, it's not like it's a one-sided beef where it's like Maryland, where it's like I'm mad at Mark Turgeon for not recruiting me, and like Maryland's like they have no re- like the players have no reason to be mad at me. It's like. You know, this one is very mutual. 
good analysis there from Marty Mosh where he said, oh, that's what college basketball is all about. Personally, for me, it's the the effort night in and night out and the defense and the free throw making. But I guess rivalries for Marty Mosh, whatever. It would make sense for him. Marty Mosh, God, I hate both of them. So Wisconsin-Michigan tonight. I think Wisconsin wins. I think Chucky Hepburn had a very nice night. The atmosphere, and I think it is a bright spot in an otherwise uh, rather drab and meaningless season so far. I, I I think of the Packers beating the Vikings in Week 16. That, that's what comes to mind with this game. I think that's what this game is going to be like. I don't think they're going to blow them out the same way the Packers blew out the Vikings, but I think they are going to win in a very fun game, a very enjoyable game. It's going to feel uh, very cathartic, a nice release for Badgers fans who have some pent-up frustration about the Northwestern games and the Nebraska loss and the you know, Illinois loss a couple Saturdays ago, and I think it's going to come to a head on ESPN tonight, it's a nationally televised game on ESPN2. And I think it's going to feel very nice. I don't know that it means anything, but I think it's going to be really fun. Connor Siegen, going to put in some buckets. I hope Brad Davison is in attendance. I think that would make Hunter Dickinson break down. Hunter Dickinson doesn't seem to be the uh, the most mentally tough kid on the block. I just seems like a baby. I'm just, I, I don't like Hunter Dickinson. I don't like Michigan. I don't like Juwan Howard. Just typically because I don't like coaches and punch other coaches. I know I'm a little bit of an oddball like that. I know, I'm a little weird with uh, my sensibilities about coaches. I prefer my coach to not punch other coaches. I, I just feel like that reflects poorly on a coach and their judgment and their ability to be a good coach. But then again, I, I, I follow some weird rules in the way that I, I watch college sports. Suck to cone roller. 608-796-2555. What's up, Cone? Hey, Grant. Big game tonight. Huge. I think a lot of Wisconsin fans have had this one circled for, you know, almost a year ago whenever that, that initial assault by Juwan Howard broke out. It was an assault. People forget. There were people who took Juwan Howard's side in that. What? How? Why? How did that work? I yeah, never understood there, that. It's because, like, Greg Gard put his hand on his shoulder when he shook his hand or something. That's, that was their logic. And that is just ridiculous. I hope I never – actually, I hope I do wind up against them in court one day because their logic is terrible. I, uh, I, I'm trying to think of all the times where I've been in a packed bar or a concert or something where I've bumped up against another man and he's braced himself on me. Or I, I didn't punch him in the face, though. Like, I, I guess maybe I just have this incredible self-control. Grown men occasionally touch other grown men. I guess that's a little too much for Juwan Howard to comprehend. Yeah, it did give us one of the better moments of the year, though, with uh, Joel Kravinoff doing the, the you know, the crotch socket <laughs> well, action. That was so funny. Oh, my God. I think the Badgers are winning tonight. I think it's all coming up Wisconsin tonight. Yeah, I, I've talked to a couple other fans, and they're all pretty – they're feeling good going into this game. Um, and, you know, honestly, this might be bad, but I'm so indifferent on this game, mm. like where I almost don't care. And that is just not where I want to be. I'd rather be fired up one way or the other. But here I am just indifferent about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Chucky Hepburn can't. That's a sad place to be. No, and I get it. You never want to be indifferent. That's uh, I felt like that's the point we got to with the football team last year, and then all of a sudden they're firing their coach. You, you don't want indifference, right? I, I totally understand. I just think Chucky Hepburn can't possibly shoot the ball as poorly as he did on Saturday. I think he's a much better player than we've seen, and I think this team is a much better team than we've seen the last couple of weeks. And I feel like tonight is maybe the the perfect set of circumstances to bring out the best version of this team. Agreed. And, like, you know, what Hunter Dickinson said, like, the Wisconsin Badgers don't need any extra motivation for going against this Michigan team. 
They better be out there for blood. Yes. And I don't care if that's that's talk or real blood. I mean, they got to go in there and kick Michigan's ass. Carter Gilmore does not leave the game tonight with fewer than five fouls, and I want him tagging Hunter Dickinson. Like, I, I want him beating him up down in the... That's what Carter Gilmore... That's his role tonight, is to foul hard on Hunter Dickinson. It would be um, it would be the job of... Uh, not vote. Why am I... Stephen Crowell, but they don't... He doesn't have the fouls to spare. They can't do that. They don't have enough bigs. So Gilmore gets that task for me. Yeah. Or, I mean, honestly... What is his name? Chris Hodges off the bench. Sure. If they need some quick, hard fouls, bring him in there. Who cares? Yeah, and maybe maybe if you put a nice, hard foul on Hunter Dickinson, you can draw Juwan Howard off of the bench, and maybe he'll throw a punch and get ejected. That would be another silver lining of, of getting physical with Michigan. Yeah, I don't think there is any chance today that we see a freakout by Juwan Howard, but just imagine a world where we get one. Like, that would be the funniest thing ever. However, I just don't see that happening at all. I think it's they're way too buttoned up. You know, in college, you got to represent the university. Michigan, I don't know. I, I can't see Juwan having another freak out, although I'm hoping for it. No, I, I gotcha. I'm hoping for a, a Juwan Howard freak out. It would be the third. We'd have a Fran McCaffrey freak out, and then the Ohio State coach who lost his mind, and then we could get it from Juwan Howard tonight as well. I'm totally in on that. I think a big Chucky game. And uh, a lively crowd at the Kohl Center. Have you heard from any of your fellow boosters who may be going to the game about any plans for the atmosphere, any any special pageantry, anything like that? I just know that they're they're really harping down on the student section to, you know, avoid riling up uh, the Michigan side. You know, there's warnings out there that hey guys, take it easy on Michigan. <laughs> They're a little fragile. We don't yeah. we don't want any ruckus at the Cole Center. Right. Well, we'll take the high road. That's fine. Uh, a place of higher learning and higher education. Again, Michigan does like to think of themselves very highly, but Badgers can take the high road tonight. Enjoy the game, Cone. And if you will be doing any post-game Twitter spacing, I might have to drop in and uh, talk about whatever the outcome is either way. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I, I don't know what the audience is going to be tonight. It is Valentine's Day. I'm sure a lot of people are out with their significant others, but I'll be I'll be snuggled up with Twitter and the Wisconsin Badgers. Good to hear it. Thank you, Cone. Appreciate the call. Enjoy the game. Happy Valentine's Day to our friend Cone Roller. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. Uh, Rock and Rick says you two sound like Sean Payton placing bounties. No bounties. Just get the money's worth on the fouls. That's all I'm saying. If you got to foul Hunter Dickinson, which they will anyways, just make them feel it. I get a text here about the Brewers. Uh, I'm going to do this next. Let's have this conversation in five minutes. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills badgers wolverines tonight greg guard versus juan howard or joel krabinoff versus juan howard however you want to shape that matchup buck celtics as well not a load management game guys are hurt don't let some old head make an anti-nba stance tonight yeah it sucks the guys are hurt that happens in literally every sport happens all the time guys are always hurt that's what happens in sports 
I got a text here, and I don't know who it's from. I'm scrolling, scrolling. Not sure. Oh, I think this is Robin Stoddard. He says, our stupid owner and Mark Atanasio takes a crowbar to his wallet and to pay Corbin Burns. Him being one of the cheapest owners in baseball is why we can't compete with the Dodgers and the Braves. So the Brewers took Corbin Burns to arbitration today, which is a choice. <laughs> like that is, that's, that's it. It would be the equivalent of, like, let's say, uh, what would this be the equivalent of? I was going to try to make a Valentine's Day analogy, but I don't know if that one works. Here, here's, I guess, what I'm saying. Just pay him. Just pay Corbin Burns the extra 700 k because that's what it came down to. I think the Brewers put in at 10.1. Corbin Burns and his camp put in at 10.8. They could have just settled. The Brewers just could have said, oh, we'll pay you that. And so they said, no, we'll fight you over $700,000. Even if the Brewers win, even if the Brewers lose, it doesn't matter how this arbitration goes. The Brewers have already lost because they showed no goodwill, no good faith towards just paying Corbin Burns the money that he's due. He's underpaid as it is. If he were to hit the open market, he would make how much a year? A lot more than 10.1, 10.8. That that all of a sudden, that number is very, very relatively minor. No one's talking about 10.1, 10.8. We're starting 30 million a year, 40 million a year, right? How much money is he going to make? The Brewers are getting him at a value either way. So the Brewers, they're getting cheap with Corbin Burns. This offseason, they did some things that people didn't really like. They kind of botched the hot stove cold brew. They got an ex-golf day at the party. They got all this stuff. And then the story comes out today that the Brewers are asking for public money. Need more cash. And Governor Evers is proposing $290 million. Now, when I read originally that the Brewers were proposing and asking for some public cash... I thought, oh, how much do you need for ballpark renovations? $10 million? You need $10 million bucks, fix up some things, replace some equipment. Oh, oh, $290. Oh, so are we, are we building a new ballpark? I'm sorry. What, what did I miss here? <laughs> $290 million? Okay. Well, the story's from Tom Dakin in the Journal Sentinel, who's their business reporter. Five members from Governor Evers' $290 million plan to fund American Family Field renovations. So I've not read this yet. Over the commercial break, I was looking to try to find a free version of the story because I'll admit I don't subscribe to the Journal Sentinel. If I lived in Milwaukee, I would. I subscribe to Lacrosse Tribune here in Lacrosse. I subscribe to the Athletic. I subscribe to a couple Substacks. I I'll subscribe. I will support journalism. I can't support all journal. I can't support everything. I'm I'm one man here. I can't but get a subscription for everything. So I'm opening this for the first time. But just looking at the title, two hundred ninety million dollars. For American Family Field renovations, how much did Miller Park cost when they built it? How much? How much? This bad radio. How much did it cost to build Miller Park? $392 million to build Miller Park, which I don't know what 300. Is there an inflation calculator? We've gone this far. Inflation calculator year. Hopefully. Okay, CPI inflation calendar. Let's see how much $391 million. 390, what what was it? 391? 392. Want to make sure you get this right. Three, oops. I probably could have done this. Not on the radio. 
392-000-000. In January 2001, it opened in 2001, so let's just put that as a year, even though that might not be exactly perfect. In January 2023, please use values less than $10 million. Well, I can't do some labor calculator. Well, I guess that doesn't help. $392 million it costs to build, okay? So you're telling me you need $290 million to fund renovations? So $290 million, we're not building anything new? Okay, I'm going to keep scrolling. Uh, the renovations will cost $444 million over the next 20 years, according to this piece. Do we have details on that? That's the cost of more than what it was in the first place. State Department of Administration review of the study estimates that the cost could total $540 million to $604 million. The baseball club and DOA settled on the 420, $428 million figure with $20 million added to account for inflation. Okay, we have yet to get to the part of the article where it says what this money is for. Seems like a substantial part of this. Hopefully we'll get there. The renovations tab would be paid by $290 million payment and other sources. So $290 million coming from taxpayers. The rest would come from other sources, I guess. Those include $70 million in state funds already set aside by the Southeast Wisconsin Professional Baseball Park District. State-created agency which owns American Family Field and is obligated to finance renovations under the Brewer's lease. Okay, so that makes sense. Another source, interest earned on the $290 million payment, which would be deposited in escrow amount operated by the stadium district. I'm going to pretend I know what that means. Ever says keeping the Brewers create stack, state's ta- tax revenue and jobs. Absolutely. Yes, the value. I'm not disputing the value of having the Brewers here. I'm not going to get into the part. I want to know what the money's for. What, what are we What are we spending $300 million of taxpayer dollars for? Uh, it would lease through the extent or through the end of 2043 under the agreement with the Evers administration. That lease now runs to 2030 with the club option to extend every two years to 2040. I don't love the idea of a baseball club being on a, being on a two-year club option every two years. That seems a little volatile. I don't know that I love that. The Brewers could move to another city after the end of the 2030 season. Brewers have an estimated value of $1.28 million. More fun facts. Okay, so I'll admit, I'm reading the free version of the story. I'm going to need to see what that money goes towards. <laughs> I'm assuming it's a stadium district, but then wouldn't that be financed by actual purchasers and investors who want to open bars and restaurants in the stadium district? That's a lot of money. And what's the funny part is, is it plays perfectly into the the brewer's complete and total lack of awareness. It's like, well, we started an ex-golf thing and we renamed the restaurant to be named later to J. Lining Kugel's Barrel Yard, which I know this is a niche reference, makes me think of Arrested Development, mock trial with Jay Reinold, J. Lining Kugel's Barrel Yard. It's like, hey, we're going to have a Paige Sporonic bobblehead this summer. Uh, we're going to take Corbin Burns' arbitration over $700,000. Also, can we get like $300 million in taxpayer money? We need to renovate the stadium. <laughs> With that much money, you can just build a new stadium. What are we doing? We should get somebody on this week to talk about this. Assuming we don't get any Aaron Rodgers news. Oh, perfect. Aaron Rodgers said today he's going into his darkness retreat. So we can't have any Aaron Rodgers Packers news while that is happening. So we'll take those 48 or 96 hours or whatever it is, four days, right? We'll take the four days and we'll get some economics person on to talk about exactly why $300 million are needed for renovations to American Family Field. Am I naive for thinking ballpark renovations would be in like the tens of millions range? Like that's where my mind went. Oh, so you need to fix up some seals, 
because uh, the the roof is a little leaky. Uh, replace some electronics. So what are we what are we thinking here? 10, 20, 30 million. Oh, oh, 290. 290. Oh, and just taxpayers. And that, that would only partially cover it. Oh, okay. Got it. That makes sense. I'm no economics major. I'm no businessman, but I have questions. Thank you for the text, Rob. <laughs> Eric and Madison said top golf space. Yeah. Why stop now, Eric? Why stop now? Let's, let's go double-decker. Let's get some X-Golf Bays above the current X-Golf Bays. There's room to expand up above the field. Why not? We could have X-Golf with see-through floors, and then you could watch the game played below you while smacking a ball into a simulator. That kind of sounds like the ticket. That sounds pretty fun. Rock and Rick says funding until 43. Yeah, I would imagine the funding is, is meant to be dispersed over a, a period of time. That's still a lot of funding. And again, I'm I'm not exactly Mr. City Organizer, Politician, Economist over here. But sorry, I, I have questions. Sorry, it's just a lot of money. Vagabond John with a very important scoop for us. Uh, confirmed Badgers lock. Gus Bus is in town. Oh, well, if Gus Bus is there, they're definitely winning. I felt great about this game coming into the day. If they have a top recruit there, yeah, they're winning tonight. Chucky Hepburn's going to have a great game. You heard it here first. I, I just, I, I just I got this... I got this team figured out a little bit, I think. I got a good feeling about tonight. I'm willing to walk a little bit out on a limb. Chucky Hepburn's going to have a night. Greg Gard's going to have a great night. Juwan Howard, I'm hoping for a temper tantrum. I'd get a good kick out of that. I think the Cole Center is going to be as loud as it's been all year. Very much looking forward to that. So, yeah, I feel great about the Badger game tonight. We can wrap up the show. Talk a little Badgers, talk a little Bucks. What's coming up tonight? Three minutes, and we're back to wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, last couple of minutes before we turn things over to Ben and Zach. Kenny and Heilprin. Some of these affiliates are going to Buck Celtics as well. I'm really excited for Buck Celtics tonight. I know that the Celtics are missing a bunch of guys. It's just been since last week since we've had a Bucks game, and I built this game up in my mind is very exciting, and therefore I'm just going to stay excited about it. <laughs> I've been amped about this game ever since last week, and then once I learned nobody's going to play for Boston, I'm like, well, I'm still going to let myself be excited about it. I'm still going to enjoy it tonight. Probably a little more focused on Wisconsin-Michigan. A game that I feel very good about. We've had a couple of different individuals chiming in. Cone Roller said he was indifferent, which worried him. Uh, LaCroix Butler said over text, It's LaCroix. Lost my voice, so I can't call effectively. Wisconsin is going to roll tonight. It's a guard will have them fired up. Dickinson will be working for Barstool full-time after this season. Happy Valentine's Day. And let's get Keith Law on the show. Interesting. Keith Law might be a good person to discuss this Brewers situation with. By the way, if you're just joining and you're just catching the end of the show, I did attempt to break down the uh, unique economic structure of public funding for uh, professional sports stadiums. And I'm sure I I discussed it with all the, the proper nuance and expertise. Last week, we had Dave from Monona explain Chapter 11 bankruptcy or whichever chapter it is that Bally Sports is going through, or I guess Diamond Sports Group that owns Bally Sports. That was interesting. I don't think Dave got any part of it right. I don't think I got any of it right. 
But then again, that's just this generation. They don't they don't pay off their loans. They don't they don't follow up with promises. They don't stick to their commitments. So I I don't understand Dave to completely understand, or I I don't I don't blame Dave for not understanding bankruptcy because it's just something that his generation never would have accepted, right? They always made good on their promises and paid their bills. So we've been explaining lots of deep, uh, meaningful things, whether it be bankruptcy or now all of a sudden the Brewers want two hundred ninety dollars of two hundred ninety million dollars of public funding is what Tony Evers proposed. So we'll see if that ends up going through. I need to know exactly what that's for. Rock and Rick reminds us that that's probably over a period of time. That's not all at once. I would say, well, that much money, you could just build a new stadium, but that's wasteful. Don't get me wrong. I just, I'm doing my best to point out how much how much money that is. That's a lot of money. So if you missed that deep conversation about economics in Milwaukee, you can find that in the podcast. Feel good about the batters tonight. I'm with LaCroix. I think that's a good take. Vagabond John, I enjoyed his take as well and his uh, important, important uh, mention that Gus Bus is going to be in the building tonight. I just think it's a night where everything comes together. I don't think it means anything. I don't think it starts this deep, meaningful winning streak for the Badgers. I, I don't think tonight's game really means anything by the end of the year because I think the Badgers have backed themselves too far into a corner. The sweep to Northwestern was brutal, and then the, the loss to Nebraska on Saturday was probably the final nail in the coffin. Now, of course, they could always go on a run in the Big Ten tournament and what we saw with Purdue this weekend. Maybe, maybe, never say never. But I think Wisconsin's backed themselves so far into a corner. I, I don't know that even a nice, impressive win last night will have me jumping for joy out of bed tomorrow morning. But it would be fun. I would love to just pee in Michigan's Cheerios and ruin Juwan Howard's night and Hunter Dickinson's night. It sucks because Hunter Dickinson probably will be working for Barstool full-time after this year, except if they make him work with Marty Mush. Like, that blows. I'd almost rather go the Sam Decker out and go play in London and kind of deep down be miserable that I'm not playing in the States, but find a way to justify it by saying i'm growing the game globally well what a what a nice thing i get to do okay okay houston rockets give you the 14th spot on your bench you sure you're not back here in the drop of a hat you sure okay you know if you're sure yep yep playing for the london lions being an ambassador for american basketball thank you sam yeah hunter dickinson will either go the the decker out or just go straight into barstool and host a podcast with marty mush that no one's listened to Talk about how Wisconsin are scumbags. I just think there's a lot on the line tonight for pride reasons, for energy reasons, for vibe reasons. I think the Cole Center is going to have its best night, its best showing of the season so far. And I think that really helps make the difference tonight. I think they should just send Carter Gilmore out there just to bang up Hunter Dickinson, personally. I think that would be a good approach. I'd have, you know, Crowell do it, but he's really their only bait. You can't afford to give away too many fouls. It's not the NBA where you can bring you know, two or three guys off the bench for fouling purposes only. In college basketball, you only get five fouls. And it's not like Wisconsin has a plethora of players, as we were talking about earlier on in the show. This is a very shallow team. It's not really that deep of a team. So that, that would be my my approach to tonight's game. Just send Carter Gilmore out there. Just hammer him. Just hammer him a couple of times. Maybe the crowd can get in the ear of Juwan Howard. Maybe Juwan Howard will throw a temper tantrum. And it would be the third temper tantrum that we'd get from an opposing coach this year. Happened in Iowa, happened against Ohio State. Maybe it'll happen again tonight. Maybe Juwan Howard will throw a punch. And then somehow, some way, the basketball media at large would, at least some of them would find a way to defend Juwan Howard. Remember that? That just remains so bizarre to me. Well, Greg Gard did impede his path. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, did he have a knife? Did I did I miss something? Did he pull a gun on Juwan Howard? Oh, he just, he he felt threatened. Ah, that's right. 
Well, that that makes sense. Never mind. I didn't know that. That that tracks. So maybe we can get another temper tantrum from Juwan Howard tonight. Better primer for the Badger game. We got Kenny Heilprin coming up in just a little bit. I saw a tweet from Ben that he will be comparing Phil Longo to Lane Kiffin, which is just electric. So I'm looking forward to listening. Badgers basketball tonight. Bucks basketball tonight. We'll talk about both games tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.